Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the show. Alongside Myron Medcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. If you haven't heard, now you have. Greeny is moving into the 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time slot beginning on January 5th, so file that one away. Today's show is presented by Progressive Insurance, and guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. NBA opening night, take two, brought us Jason Tatum against Giannis Antetokounmpo. The rise of the Phoenix Suns, the New Orleans Pelicans off and running in game one under new head coach Stan Van Gundy. But if you look in the standings this morning, you'll notice 28 of 30 teams find themselves at either 1-0 or 0-1. The two with nothing listed would be the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets because last night's game was postponed due to a COVID situation regarding the Houston Rockets. Enter the headline of all headlines, still dominating the NBA today, Myron Medcalf, (laughs) James Harden and what the future holds for the team's disgruntled superstar. Obviously, everyone's got their opinion on this situation right now, but we'll start with this. Can you believe that Harden dominates the headlines coming off a night in which so much awesome stuff happened in the association? This is not what Adam Silver predicted or wanted. (laughs) I'm sure that this would be the conversation, that this would be the thing we'd be talking about. And, you know, it's one thing to talk about the trade talks. This adds another layer to it. People are talking about cancellations, postponements. How is COVID going to affect the NBA outside the bubble? Instead of, did you see John Morant put up 40-plus? Did, did you see what Jason Tatum did? Did you see Chris Paul and Devin Booker and what they're doing with this new-look Phoenix Suns team? That should be the conversation, Joe. Instead, it's more drama attached to Harden and the Rockets. And if something doesn't change in the, sh- in the near t- future, this is going to be an ongoing storyline that does nothing good for the NBA. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Any idea what a timeline might look like? Harden was again found to be in violation of the association's COVID-19 protocols. There was the little baby birthday party. There was the Vegas club trips. And then there was the most recent incident, which aired via video on social media this past week, in which Harden was at a party for a friend who had just gotten a promotion, according to his words and his story. So he gets hit for $50,000, which for a guy making $41 million a year, is the equivalent of a $121 fine for someone making $100,000 a year. A drop in the bucket doesn't even begin to, to, to bring into account what that means to a guy like James Harden. What would the timeline look like? I, I don't know if other NBA teams are going to see this and then find themselves in a situation where they say, now's the time to strike. Or that might be exactly what's happening, right? Because perhaps they feel like, they're so desperate to move him. Maybe we get a better deal. Because it sounded like early on, the, the Rockets wanted uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and eight <laughs> first-round picks for yeah. James Harden, right? That, that's just not going to fly. And that has nothing to do with Harden. It's just not realistic. So perhaps Houston's back at the table saying, let's figure this out. If, if you're Steven Silas and you're a new head coach, Joe, aren't you going to management – ownership and saying this cannot be the thing that defines our season going forward make a decision now or it's going to destroy the franchise that's how i would feel 
if I'm him, I'm probably sitting back and I'm letting management do their thing. And what I'm saying is control what I can control. And that would be for the guys who want to be there, for the guys who want to play, let's find a way to bring this thing together. Because believe it or not, even without James Harden, Houston's got the potential to win some games this year. Not calling them a championship contender, but I don't think the loss of James Harden relegates them to the afterthought pile. John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Christian Wood was a tra- was a terrific yeah. uh, acquisition from Detroit. You got Eric Gordon. You still have a team that can go out there and get some stuff done. So make hay while the sun shines. Figure out a way to do the best you can with what you've got. Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins would be example <laughs> A in that conversation. The question for Houston would be what you'd be willing to accept to get Harden off the ledger. And I think if you're an NBA player, especially the young guys who are going to be the future of the association, I'd be watching this very closely because no professional athlete is more empowered than the NBA player. Those contracts are as player-friendly as it gets. NFL players wish they had the full guarantees that the NBA players have because Harden's getting every single dollar of that contract, whether he plays or he doesn't. That's the power he has right now. So the last thing you want as a young player is to see Harden abusing this power to an extent. He's also using it as leverage, so I can't blame him there. But to possibly abuse this to the point where owners eventually get together before the next CBA and say, you know what, enough. Enough's enough with this much money and this much leverage and this many guarantees. Because all it takes is one young guy to get upset, and then he can hold our organization hostage until he gets what he wants. That's the long-term problem that you'd be facing. If you're a young player, you don't want to jeopardize those guaranteed contracts. You got it better than anyone in professional sports. Yeah, but I don't know how the NBA walks this back, man. I don't know how the NBA stops what they've created. The Supermax already doesn't mean anything. Westbrook, John Ball, two guys who signed them, they're in different places. Right. Max deals don't mean anything. Kawhi Leonard got out of San Antonio. Paul George went from Indianapolis to Oklahoma City to L.A., I don't know how you change the leverage in a league that is so dependent upon each market having its own star. And as long as that's the case, guys are going to have that power to say, I'm out and dare you to do something about it. Carl Anthony Towns, if he says I want to trade out of Minnesota, that trade's going to happen. Devin Booker, Giannis, all of these young guys who've signed big deals recently, if they want to move, they can move. And I don't know how the NBA changes its entire CBA structure to prevent that. More than anything, he's encouraging those young guys. At this point, he's encouraging those young guys that, hey, if you don't like the climate and the culture of a team, just go switch teams. You and a buddy get together, go wherever you want that has the cap space, and you create your own squad. Like That, to me, would be the concern, a competitive situation, that these guys can move whenever they want, go where they want, and the owners can't really do anything to stop it. But Houston has to make a decision about what it wants to be because it's not going to be a champion with or without James Harden. Joe, how much longer can you put up with everything attached to this superstar? At what point do you say, Philly, we're ready to talk and we're going to lower uh, the expectation for what we want in return? A lot of that comes down to Harden because he's doing an excellent job of speeding up that timeline. Every time a new incident occurs, especially now that they're missing games, although that's not necessarily his fault, but this stuff moving forward, every time he's out, that's going to cause a big problem for them. He's going to have the power to speed up that timeline to where they take so much less on the dollar just to move on from the headache. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow for a Christmas Day 
doubleheader as the Nets visit the Celtics, followed by Mavs Lakers. Coverage begins at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Now, as we mentioned at the top of the hour, he's Myron Medcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. The Rockets and the Thunder were the only two teams to not play their opening day game. They were postponed, but we shouldn't panic. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on the league and how they plan to handle COVID moving forward. There were teams looking at Houston yesterday and talking to front office people, coaches around the league with a lot of empathy because they know that very well may be them uh, and probably will be them at some point this season. And I think for a lot of organizations, you know, there's so much emphasis on just trying to keep, you know, not just players, but staff, anybody who's traveling in that, uh, you know, those kind of core groups to try to keep them healthy, that, you know, the season's going to hinge on your ability to keep your key players on the floor. And I think yesterday was an indication in Houston at the start of the season of what is likely going to take place with other teams in other cities throughout the season. That's Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN talking about the COVID protocols and how the association plans to handle the varying issues it will face throughout the course of the season. I mean, we have a schedule for the first half of the year, and there's plenty of time it looks like built in to the second half of the schedule that will be announced later in the season in an effort to make sure the league can play as many games as possible. How do you feel it's going to go off? I mean, you and I do radio on Saturdays with Matt Jones, and we were on in the summer talking about the NFL and how that was going to go off. Well, there have been some issues, but by and large, it's been a pretty solid success, as has SEC football. So what do you think NBA basketball is going to look like? I think you're going to have disruptions. And unlike college football in the NFL, they'll be very visible. And that's going to be the challenge for the NBA is games are going to stop if you don't have eight players. You're going to have stars in this league who could contract this and that could disrupt things. And the minute you start looking at the schedule, because you you deal with this in college basketball, and you see three, four, five, six games canceled, postponed, you start to go, hmm, What's wrong with the NBA? Should they go into a bubble? Are they going to get through the season? We're not asking those questions anymore about the NFL because they just keep moving games around, postponing games, playing on Tuesday, playing on Wednesday. And now we're accustomed to this idea that the NFL is just going to figure it out. College football is going to get through the college football playoff one way or another. The NBA has to prove that to us as well. How are you going to get through this stretch without a bubble, Joe? And it makes you wonder, should they have gone to a bubble? without fans in the stands? Should that have been the thing, at least the way you start to get the season off the ground, knowing that a lot of these teams aren't making revenue in-house because of policies against having fans? The idea of the bubble is fascinating because that's how the question usually starts. Hey, should they have gone into a bubble? And if you're Adam Silver and you're listening to this, and if you are a commissioner, shout it out, you're doing a great job. (laughs) Um, You're thinking to yourself, does anyone have any idea the logistics and the finances that go into pulling this thing off? So many of us just assumed a bunch of guys showed up at a hotel in Disney World, played some (laughs) basketball, and went home as if that's it. And then we heard the occasional horror story about how some of the food wasn't fantastic. Like, that is not an easy task. That is an expensive task, and that, even financially, And logistically, if you can pull it off, still comes down to whether or not the players feel comfortable doing it. Because while they may be safe from COVID, are they safe from mental health issues? That's the other thing that keeps coming up. You know, you're sequestered, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends, you're away from your way of life. That can be difficult. I know what people will say. 
the millionaire athletes, woe is them. But the reality yeah. is you have to take that stuff into account. I did, however, on a quick side note, think it was a bit strange watching games last night in these empty gyms. Like, the sound effects were a bit strange. Didn't you think? It's like, what's going on out there? It, it, it sounded like Nintendo Double Dribble or something like that. Like, <laughs> it sounded like a Dreamcast game or something. I'm like, who, who's in the stands, man, with these sounds? It's, it's going to be weird watching NBA basketball without yeah. fans. We've gotten used to NFL, college football. Well, a lot of college football teams are like, come on, fans. We yeah. got, we'll bring in you Florida, in. Florida, we're selling out. Yeah, NBA is, is going to be weird, man. That'll be a weird experience. All right, so speaking of, I love the fact you brought up double dribble because I got something for you. Myron Medcalf, Joe Fortinball, we're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Quick reminder, Greeny's moving into the 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time slot beginning January 5th. Little game called NBA or B. NBA or B. Pretty basic. Five NBA questions. You're going to have an option A or an option B. You go ahead and pick one of the two. You think you can handle love that? It. I got I some special it, music go. for you, too. Take a listen right. to this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to break me off the double dribble, so I had something in store for you here. All right, here we go. Myron Medcalf and Joe Fornball, NBA or B? Number one, who is the bigger threat to the Lakers in the Western Conference? A, the Clippers. B, the field. I'm going to go with the field. Only because when you choke the way that the Clippers choked, bringing in a new coach, all the change they've had, losing a guy like Montrez Harrell. Um, I don't know if this is the same team and the Lakers are even stronger, but I'm far more interested in Denver, a team that was right there. Things getting interesting there. Uh, I want to see this Phoenix team. I'm not saying they're a contender necessarily, but they're a playoff team. So I think they're just enough in the Western Conference outside of L.A. to make me think that I should probably take the the field here, man. I know it's not great from an odds perspective, but I do find myself leaning towards the Clippers. You can call me a sucker if you want to, but this season is all about redemption for those guys. I really don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to go from the top of the heap delivering Toronto a title to can't close too coddled in one season. I don't trust Denver, Utah, or Portland to beat the Lakers four times in seven games. Phoenix, Dallas, and New Orleans, all too young. Golden State lost Clay Thompson. Whether we like it or not, I think the Clippers are the best threat to taking out the Lakers. Um, of course, if you're you know a Lakers fan, you're in great shape. NBA or B, <laughs> number two. This season, former league MVP James Harden will play more games for A, the Houston Rockets, be another team. Be an, be another team. I mean, this is him. This is going to move, I think, soon because you can't win if you're Houston. James Harden has not drawn some line in the sand. James Harden is like, you trade me or else. I'm going to keep creating distractions. You have no choice. There, there, there are not multiple options here. He'll get traded. I don't, now, I don't know if that's Philly, Brooklyn, some other team. But Houston can't tolerate this anymore. It's not good for anybody involved. James Harden will definitely play more games this season for another team outside of Houston. I think with Harden, it ultimately comes down to trade me. And when Houston's like, no, Harden's like, all right, I'm going out and I'm partying with cameras. <laughs> exactly. And then there's an issue and then everyone's all up in arms. And then we quiet down for a few days. We have a holiday. And then Harden lets him know, hey, trade me. Houston's like, no. Harden's like, I'm going out and partying for New Year's Eve. 
and then we're all up in arms again. This is going to repeat. It's not like he's going to stop going out. Yeah. When you're making $41 million a year, you're young and you're healthy, and you clearly don't have much of a concern, he's going to keep doing this. So, yeah, I would say another team as well. NBA or B, question number three. Which of the following teams is more likely to make their respective conference final? The Philadelphia 76ers or the Dallas Mavericks? That's a really good one. I just don't know how to vote in favor of the Sixers on anything post Allen Iverson. <laughs> Come on. I know that's your team, but any option outside of the Sixers post AI, it's going to be a no for me, Joe. Lucas Young, Porzingis, not back yet, on the road to recovery. But we saw their potential in the bubble, and we saw what they can be. And Luka, this could be an MVP kind of year. For him. I mean, he takes the next step. He's as good as anybody. I have to go with Dallas in the West just because I can't bring myself to bet on these Sixers. Now, if Harden gets traded tomorrow to that team, ask me again on Saturday (laughs) during our show, and I may have a different answer. You know, if this question spanned two seasons, I'd be much more inclined to take the Mavericks because as good as they are now and as much upside as they have under Rick Carlisle, who has produced a better winning percentage in each of the last three seasons as they continue to move forward, the money they have to spend next offseason is going to be what changes the game. They're putting themselves in a great position. Slightly in the Philly because they have some three-point shooting right now, which is when they're at their best. But Dallas, if this were a two-season question. NBA or B, question number four. Which of the following options would you take to win this season's MVP award? Option A, you get Giannis and Luka. Option B, you get the field. That's a really good question. Keep in mind, Luka and Giannis are the one and two favorites when it comes to the eyes of our friends at Caesars William Hill in Vegas. I don't know how many guys have won three in a row. It's very, very difficult. Michael Jordan didn't do that. Um, Luka's still young. And he's dealing with a lot of young guys. I'll take the field because, you know, you see what a Tatum could do for Boston. You look at, a, a you know, a Kawhi playing at an MVP level. I think about this. What if Steph Curry goes off and averages 35 a game and, and Golden State slides into that eighth spot? Oof. You know, I just think there are too many options. We haven't seen a lot of three-peats. Luka's still young playing without Porzingis. I'll take the field. Because it feels a little bit like Luka versus the field because Giannis would need to be so out of this yeah. world superhuman in order to win three straight. It feels like you're really dealing with Luka versus the field. I like what you said about Tatum. He's gotten better every single year he's been in the league. He broke out in the bubble last year, especially in the playoffs, averaging 40 minutes. He put up a bunch of career highs last season. He dropped 30 last night in the opener at 22-1. to There's some really good value there. I'd keep an eye on Joel Embiid as well at 40-1 to or north of that. I think that's a pretty good price. Final question, NBA or B, which team will have the more successful season? A. Zion Williamson in the Pelicans, B, Devin Booker in the Suns. Give me the Suns all day. And I, and I like the Pelicans to make a jump with Van Gundy. But that that pick and roll game, Devin Booker having a guy like Chris Paul next to him, Bridges, I mean, I, I like what Phoenix can be as a possible eight seed in the West, seven, eight seed with Chris Paul. I, I just think Booker's going to be a superstar and I would give them the slight edge over a Pelicans team that's young, intriguing, but I don't know if they'll be there yet. Everywhere Chris Paul has gone, he's made that team better 
in the first season right out of the gate. DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, tons of upside. Same thing with New Orleans. I think there's just going to be more of a chemistry issue early on. Few new pieces. Stan Van Gundy's going to want to focus on the defensive end of the court, but the future is bright there as well. He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Joe Fornball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Greeny's moving into the 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time slot beginning on January 5th, so make sure you file that away. John Kime, ESPN NFL Nation reporter who covers the Washington football team on what's next for Dwayne Haskins, Ron Rivera, and owner Daniel Snyder. That's coming up next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 100 times times your money. money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Hey, it's Greening, and from our family at ESPN Radio to yours, wishing you a very safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. Want to make sure that you know that starting Tuesday, January 5th, we are moving. We'll be coming your way every morning starting 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Oh, yeah, it's that time of year. Alongside Myron Medcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are 15 minutes away from locks not the food you put on bagels mind you locks christmas day locks five nba games one nfl game our schedule is absolutely stacked myron and i are going to run through the entire card and give you our best bets but right now we're going to turn to the shell pennzoil performance line john keim espn nfl nation reporter covering the washington football team brought to you by shell v power nitro plus premium gasoline john happy holidays we appreciate the time we'll start with this before we dive into anything else what's the health of quarterback alex smith and does the team expect him to start this weekend yeah we'll find out a little bit more probably in about an hour when ron rivera addresses the media we are not at practice today because they're indoors and because of all the protocols we can't be there but we were just told by the pr staff the pool report is that he is taking part during individual drills 
So that's a good sign for him. I know earlier in the week there was optimism regarding his strain right calf, but it's a there is a process, as they keep saying. And Alex Smith told us yesterday that he absolutely plans on being out there. And I think they always plan that way. But I do think there's an, uh, there is a higher level of optimism, certainly, than there was a week ago. So I think this is going to go down to tomorrow and possibly into the weekend. If this wasn't a team dealing with uh, an injured quarterback, making a push for the playoffs, trying to win the division, what are the chances that Dwayne Haskins would have been released earlier this week? I think there's probably a decent chance, and if nothing else, maybe suspended. I think if this had happened earlier in the year, I think that would have been the case. Um, and so I think that definitely plays into it because I know, listen, I think, I think he was, they were definitely um, torn. As, I don't know about torn as what to do, but you had, they had to weigh the 53 or the other 52 versus just the one. And I think the feeling had been that this team, these players, they kind of fought hard to get back to this point that they wanted to give them the best chance possible. And if Alex Smith can't go, then they still view Dwayne Haskins as the best chance possible. ESPN NFL Nation reporter John Kime joining Myron Metcalf and Joe Fortenball here on ESPN Radio. What's the rest of the locker room think of Haskins right now? Well, that's, you know, it's the hard part with this whole COVID thing is we're not in the locker room. So, you don't get all these discussions that you normally would in, in, in any other year. So what I do know is that in the past, um, they have kind of wanted to work with him to get him to do more and to get him to, to take a, an NFL-type quarterback's approach. And I think there have been some steps made in that direction as far as like even his game week preparation. It's not to the level that others want it to be but it's better than it was before. So I, my, my sense would be, based on what I've known from the past, that they'd be disappointed simply because you're putting yourself in a position where this could have ruined their season. If, if he had caught something and brought it into the room on, without knowing, and then you could be in a situation where now you're starting Taylor Heineke in a game where you need to win, possibly to quench the NFC East. So I can't imagine they've... I know that the guys have been disappointed in some other things in the past. I would think this would be right in line with that. And I will say this, too. Both Rivera and Haskins, when they talked yesterday, and Alex Smith said it, that despite all that, that right now what this team is focused on is, okay, he's here, he's a teammate, we have to support him. So that's also part of the approach as well. I read one of the craziest stories I've ever seen that said uh, Daniel Snyder is accusing the minority owner of extortion or there are legal issues. What on earth is happening uh, with ownership in Washington right now? Sorry. I think I'm only on here for a few more minutes. I don't know if there's enough time to, to, to parse all this stuff out. But what happened, what happened yesterday is that Daniel Snyder, the Washington owner, filed a suit and claimed that minor, one, of the, one of the three minority owners, Dwight Shar was basically trying to extort him and the, 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 for a couple reasons um, that he said this. Uh, first of all, um, that he, he feels like, or the suit said that Star had been funneling negative information through a former employee that would then reach uh, the media, whether it was the Washington Post, which has written a few articles, of course, detailing you know, issues, sexual assault allegations from the past, um, or other outlets. 
So that was one thing. And there's there's documentation between Char's Char and then um, the burner phone that was given to this former employee, according to the suit. And so that that's been a big thing. And you know, there was a um, Washington Post story that said the other day that detailing a 1.6 million dollar settlement that the franchise made to an unnamed um, former employee from a 2009 sexual misconduct um, uh, situation regarding Snyder. Now, in the suit, Snyder says a law firm investigated the matter and said there was no wrong, nope, there was no evidence of wrongdoing, and that it was an insurance carrier that said to settle the suit. That's what the, the, his filing claimed. So it's been, you know, and that you know the whole the whole purpose of this extortion is to get Snyder to sell his shares in the franchise. The minority owners, of course, I think as people probably know, they want to sell their shares. They own about 40% of the franchise. There's a chance that Daniel Snyder will buy those 40%, um, but I think we're still in limbo. And then uh, the next step is, unless something else is filed, because there's been a lot of filings lately, the next step is a January 7th virtual court hearing where a judge in Maryland will get the parties together, the minority owners and and Snyder to settle allegations that both sides have of um, leaking information. So that, in a nutshell, seems to be what's going on. ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the Washington football team, John Keim, kind enough to join us here on ESPN Radio. Great stuff as always, John. Thank you so much. Have a happy holiday. Thanks. You guys have a happy holidays too. Thank you. Alongside Myron Metcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Quick reminder, if you haven't already heard, Greeny's moving into the 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time slot beginning on January 5th. Bill Walsh, the legendary coach of the San Francisco 49ers, had this great phrase that I'm going to butcher. But essentially, a notion he tried to convey was that you're not competing against 28 or 30 or 32 teams, whatever it is at the given time that that Walsh said this. You're not competing against 31 other NFL teams every year. You're really competing against like eight. And some people might say, what are you talking about? Well, if you're in the NFC, you really only have to worry about the AFC champs. So that eliminates all of them. But you have teams that are dysfunctional, teams that are rebuilding. Some teams like Detroit that will just never get it right no matter what they do. Those teams exist. That's Washington. Ron Rivera, with nothing but roadblocks set up in front of him, is trying to get this team into the postseason. But when you have an owner like Daniel Snyder, that's what happens with organizations like this. They just find ways to take themselves out of competition because it's bad business. It's repeatedly bad business. It's not always about making the best decision possible. Sometimes, Myron, it's really just about avoiding the worst decision. You know, if you have a few options there, you don't need to hit it out of the park. Just get on base, step into a pitch, get walked to first base. Don't consistently strike out, throw the bat into the stands, and then charge the mound and end up with an all-out brawl on your hands. That's the Washington football team year in and year out. What Rivera has done with these guys, the fact that they're on top of the division, is just mind-blowing to me that it was even possible with this franchise. Were you that kind of player in Little League? Were you charging the mound and throwing the bat in the stands? Was that you? I joke? may or may not be digging deep into my history to bring out some, uh, you know, some examples. That's neither here nor there at the moment. <laughs> I mean, we, we use the culture word, and I honestly, when you win, everybody says you have a great culture, right? Because winning trumps everything. The NBA superstars can override a bad culture. Major League Baseball, also, I think that can happen. You can't do it in football. If you have a bad culture. You really can't move forward 
It affects everything. And that's why we talk about teams who have failed to win, not for 10 years, Joe, for 20, for 30, for 40 years, the same exact thing over and over and over. And that's what Washington is trying to overcome. And there's one common denominator, and that's Daniel Snyder. That's an owner who has put them in this position. Uh, Controversy about the name, controversy about his personal conduct. Now there are all these legal issues, an investigation that is ongoing. Uh, I believe the NFL just added a former United States attorney to the investigation. You're leaving out the fact that they also changed their name this year, too. Like, it never ends. (laughs) And and then it's like, by the way, uh, Dwayne Haskins went to a hotel birthday party, and now we got to deal with that. Ron Rivera is the only stabilizing force uh, in that organization, and it's a miracle that they've gotten to this point. But this is why you want the – hands-off owner, Joe, who just doesn't have anything to do with the team. He owns it or she owns it, but they're not making headlines. They're not a part of any of the buzz about the team, positive or negative. They just supply the money, and they sit in their box, and that's their role. When you have a Daniel Snyder, and he is the center of headlines and controversy, it's bad for everybody involved, and I don't know how you get rid of that problem because he's not going to fire himself but a lot of people agree that he probably should. If someone asked me, what'd you do in 2020 and sum it up for me, I'd say something like I put on about 20 pounds. Cause I got sloppy <laughs> during COVID and I moved to Las Vegas. Then we if, all, if someone asked Ron Rivera, what you did in 2020, he'll just look you dead in the eye and go beat cancer, got Washington to the playoffs. That's and then it. you will, you will look in the mirror and be like, man, I wasted 2020 Ron Rivera's 100%. out there beating cancer and getting Washington into the playoffs and uh, I could not be bothered to work out at all during the pandemic. <laughs> so instead of even staying neutral, I just put on 20 pounds. There's a way Bro, to feel shame heading into the new year. Bro, I got an exercise bike in my room that just sort of stares at me, right? I'm getting <laughs> to the point where I'm going to commit. But so far, it's just a staring contest at this point. So I understand. You get on that thing and you start going. You're like, man, this is a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. I got to do this tomorrow. I just wanted tomorrow? a nice leisurely ride once a week. <laughs> He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. The moment of truth has arrived. Locks. Not the kind you put on bagels, but the kind you take to the counter. Christmas Day, five NBA games, one NFL game. Myron and I have our best bets coming up next. It's ESPN Radio. Happy Holidays. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. 
Hey, it's Greeny, and from our family at ESPN Radio to yours, wishing you a very safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. I want to make sure that you know that starting Tuesday, January 5th, we are moving. We'll be coming your way every morning starting 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Everybody, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. Alongside Myron Medcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Christmas Day locks. Five NBA games, one NFL game, our favorite bets. Myron Metcalf, are you ready? Let's go. All right, let's go. Here we go. Game number one, we go to the association. The Miami Heat laying five points against the New Orleans Pelicans. The total is 226. Yeah, I'm going to take, I think, the the under here uh, between those two teams. Uh, obviously, I know what Miami does defensively. Christmas Day, you never know, can be sloppy as much as we love seeing all these matchups. Uh, I'm going to pick the under. I find myself siding with the Pelicans plus the points here. Nice win against Toronto, but quietly Miami lost to Orlando. Miami and the Lakers, the two teams that went the furthest, that only had about 72 days off before they started competitive basketball again, both came out and lost. Both came out and looked sluggish. I think New Orleans can take advantage of that. I'll take the Pelicans plus the points. Game number two, Milwaukee laying 9.5 against Golden State. Total of 232. You know what? I think I took... Golden State, man, when we did Levitard the first time. I got to switch that if I'm allowed to do that. You I, are. I, I, will, I will take Milwaukee uh, in this situation. Something to prove, obviously, after losing to Boston. And I also like to think that stars in this league love playing in sort of this national showcase and want to play to their potential. You reminded me that Draymond Green was out, which is a big factor a lot of responsibility on James Wiseman. Give me the bucks to cover. News from Greedy Nation. John Kime just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed call-in line. Great conversation in the last half hour. I, I could go either way here. I could take Milwaukee or I could take the under because the Bucks are going to get theirs. And without Draymond Green playing defense, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Warriors. Underrated aspect of Draymond's Green, Draymond Green's game, excuse me, his passing. Sorely yeah. missed in that opener. I think the Bucks get their points. I'm not sure the Warriors can keep pace. Much like against the Nets, I would play the under here. Game number three, Brooklyn. Speaking of the Nets, laying two and a half against Boston. Total of 228. I'll take the over here. I mean, we saw what Kyrie and KD did in their debut. KD looks healthy. It's scary to see those two working side by side. And I think Jason Tatum is no longer the rising star. I think he's just a star. And that's what we saw against Milwaukee this week. Again, young guys love to show up in moments like this. If he doesn't force it, I think this will be a back-and-forth affair. Give me the over. Lots of star power on both sides, but I think the difference is the bench for the Nets. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince. I'll side with Brooklyn minus 2.5. Game number four, Lakers laying six against the Dallas Mavericks. Total 228.5. I'm going to take the under here. Um, uh I think the Lakers obviously didn't have as much rest as some of the other teams. Didn't look great against the Clippers. Dallas has something to prove. No Porzingis. Uh, could be a sloppier game. I'll take the under. Highly competitive. I'll take Dallas plus the six. I want the points in my pocket. Game number five, Clippers laying one against the Nuggets. Total of 223. I will take uh, the Clippers to cover here. Um, I'm with you as well. I think they're the strongest team in the West. I think they're on the redemption tour. Minnesota catching seven. Total of 51 against the Saints in the NFL. 
Uh, I will take Back your Vikings, Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota. I should Yikes. I'll lay it with new Orleans. That Minnesota <laughs> defense has been shaky as all heck. They've Why won two that? of their last five. And that came by a combined four points against Carolina and Jacksonville. You can't trust them. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. Max Kellerman's coming up next. Thanks for riding shotgun with us today, everyone. We greatly appreciate it. Happy holidays from all of us here at ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Greening, and from our family at ESPN Radio to yours, wishing you a very safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. Want to make sure that you know that starting Tuesday, January 5th, we are moving. We'll be coming your way every morning starting 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio.